Welcome to my podcast, Mike Cohen. And, uh, you know, I've decided that uh, municipally, I've had a lot of fun the last few months during my election campaign. I focused on a lot of my constituents, interesting constituents. And uh, I'm going to carry on with that. And I uh, figured what better place to start than with our mayor in Cote St. Luke, Mitchell Brownstein, and our, our deputy mayor now, a new title, a city councillor, Dita Burku. Welcome, Dita. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Well, listen, this is terrific. Of course, I was reelected by acclamation for my fifth term. Uh, and uh, so now I can't believe that in four years, I'll be a counselor for 20 years. And I've been working, of course, Mitchell and I have been friends for decades. Dita and I have worked together for decades. You knew me both as a, as a reporter covering the council meetings when it all first started. And of course, I've been a colleague of yours for 16 years. So let's start with Mitchell. Mitchell, uh, you've been in the business for a long time, and it's not always been easy. You've been the mayor now. This is your third term. You were elected midterm in a by-election, then elected four years ago, and then re-elected just a few weeks ago. I guess the question, why do you do it? Why do you want to be the mayor of Cote St. Luke? Well, I got involved way back when, as you know, Mike, you were there at the beginning, and it's always been my passion to try to be involved in community, whether it's volunteer work or whether it's municipal politics. And I feel municipal politics is a one level of government where there's no party leader, you can do what you want, you can listen to the people and try to make them happy, give them what they need. And that's why we created things like the Aquatic Center, the Dramatic Society and so many things along the way. And it's been fun. Most of the time it's, it's been a lot of fun and we wanna keep it that way. And I'm really, really excited this mandate to have Councillor Burku who's been there through this journey for the last 30 years and has so much experience and so many big files to be our pro deputy mayor for the mandate. She's amazing and I'm going to be relying on her brilliance. Well, I have to tell you, I'm very excited about that because you know I always had a kind of a problem that every couple of months we'd have a proclamation, a resolution, naming somebody the, the pro mayor. No one understood what it was, was basically you would, you would, you would step in and be the mayor during a three-month period, if the mayor was unable to fulfill his or her duties, and um, you know, we, you know, it, it went from person to person, and now we're going to have somebody who, you know, I guess to renewed on a on an annual basis, who will be our deputy mayor, meaning the second in command permanently. First of all, Dita, how does it feel to have that title? Well, I uh, I appreciate the. Uh... The recognition. Uh, I feel that uh, I've been working towards this for for quite a while, in, in the sense that I've been trying to uh, to work in all the departments. I I think I've been uh, active in in most of the departments and uh, very much uh, present uh, when it comes to the uh, long term vision and also the short uh, day to day uh, activities of the city. So um, I'm very excited about it. Well, Dito, listen. Let me let me say uh, uh, honestly and uh, that that I that it's well deserved because you know I I knew you for many years before I became a counselor, but I see how you work seven days a week. You could be in another country, another city, and you're on every file and some very very important files. Tell me what right now in this mandate are the files that are most important to you? Well. I, I believe that all the councillors right now have a, a good understanding of where the city needs to go um, in terms of the future. And I think the mayor has set us on the right course because, of course, we have to deal with the major issues that have been uh, plaguing us for the past uh, you know, 20 years, uh, 30 years even, uh, Cavendish 
and we're moving on that file. We're going to renew our relationships with the mayors of the uh, concerned cities. And we've all already set up a meeting uh, and had our first meeting with the um, executive uh, committee member who's responsible for Cavendish. So we're gonna move that file forward. And uh, we've dealt with uh, COVID, I think uh, in a most responsive way. And that's uh, again, due to the leadership of uh, the mayor. Uh, I think that that's one of the major things we're going to have to work out. It doesn't seem to be going away. So we're going to have to keep working on our response to COVID. And then, of course, uh, we have the issue of the uh, quality of uh, the water, the, the pipes, uh, the, the lead in the water and the pipes is another major issue that we're going to have to deal with in the, in the uh, older neighborhoods. And in the uh, generally in our city streets, I traffic and uh, just managing the day-to-day -day is becoming more and more of a challenge. I think our residents are more and more engaged and uh, we have the issue of uh, conflicts of uses uh, in certain neighborhoods, uh, you know, certain uses coming up that some people are in favor of, some are not in favor of. So, you know, we have to manage those uh, residents' expectations in terms of how we're, we're, we're going to develop the city and how we're going to move forward. So. I think we've got some challenges on the table. Mitchell, I, I'm sure you'll remember this quote, and you'll remember who said it. We don't need it, we don't want it, and we can't afford it. You'll remember that was the late Mayor Bernard Lang regarding Cavendish. I remember covering so many council meetings. I remember Mayor Lang telling me it will never happen in my lifetime, and he was right. Mitchell, will it happen in your lifetime uh, and my lifetime, Adidas' lifetime? Will Cavendish be extended? Yeah, I mean, Namur de la Savannah area, we know it's a mess. And the only way to fix it is to redo the whole area, which includes a road and rapid transit. And uh, we're not against the Plant uh, administration's view of having rapid transit on the Cavendish extension. So it definitely has to happen. They need to start building the Hippodrome site. <clears throat> and uh, that has to be done by 2023. They have to start selling parcels of land. And in order to build a hippodrome site, they don't want cars there. So they need uh, some type of road with rapid transit on it. So it's all going to happen. Deadlines are, are moving quickly. And, you know, I'm happy to have Councillor Burku. She didn't touch on all the things she's done. And I want to highlight some of them. The Smart Cities Project, where we went $250,000. She was behind that. You know, this mandate, we've been already working hard on the redevelopment project ideas that are being brought forward for the three malls. And we need to work on that. And that's related, particularly the Cavendish Mall to the Cavendish Extension. And on the Aglo, I don't think there's anybody, any elected official today, whether they're from the city of Montreal or from a demerged city that knows more people than Councillor Burku because she's been there from merger to demerger to re, you know, the whole way through. And she's been on many commissions. So the, Benefit that she provides Cote St. Luke at all of the uh, Association of Suburban Mayors is uh, immeasurable, and I'm, I'm happy to be able to rely on that. So uh, I think I'm sure Cavendish is going to happen. Uh, will it happen in this mandate? Will the steps towards it will happen, but I don't see it being built that quickly. You know, these things take time, but they're moving. They're going to the Bureau d'Audience Publique. That's the next step. That's the... Uh, the place where it's studied in terms of the exact route and how it's going to be built. So that they've committed to doing next. Uh, Dita, I remember, yeah. uh, Dita, I remember uh, writing for the Monitor newspaper many years ago right. when right. Dita Burku ran for mayor against right. Bernard Lang. What do you remember about that campaign and, uh, and uh, 
you know, you had to sit out four years after that. Was it difficult? Right. Well, yeah, it's always difficult to sit out, but it's very important in order to sort of collect your, you know, your vision for the future. And I want to get back to what Mitch just said, which is that I think our major challenge, Mike, and I think you're going to be very instrumental in this, is um, focusing uh, the, the, the attention of our residents on how we want to see the city develop, on the, the vision for the future. You know, we've talked about it a lot in committee, but I think now is time that we're going to have to go out to the public and say, look, we need the, the three major malls, our three major poles of development are, are there, Kotzenluk Shopping Centre, Dakari Square, and uh, Cavendish Mall. They're there, they're ready, they want to redevelop. How do, you, how do they see the redevelopment happening? How, does the, how do the residents see the redevelopment happening? And how do we sort of marry and, 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 and uh, formulate this vision so we all come along uh, together to, to create a, a, a better, richer, more vibrant community uh, that will have the means and the tax base to support all the programs and all the activities that we want. And uh, this is really the, the major challenge that we're going to have as a new council. And I'm very happy you're doing uh, the podcast so that we can communicate this to the residents and get out there and start uh, doing our consultations, which is the next step. That's, that's my major portfolio, which is consultations for the future redevelopment of the, uh, of the, uh, of the three uh, malls and the, and the master plan for the city, how we see our neighborhoods developing, how we see our housing developing, do we want to have more, um, you know, uh, home-based uh, businesses in our in our homes? Do we want to have more, um, you know, uh, granny suites? Do we want to have more diff- different types of housing? This is these are these are the major challenges I think that we, we're going to have to work out together. On that point, Mitchell, uh, one of the things that uh, that we've gained from the pandemic, it's been one of the pluses, and it's been mainly almost all negatives is. Our new way of doing business on video with Zoom, with Teams, with different platforms. And I think the great thing is, even with people in Florida with the snowbirds, we're going to be able to start those consultations soon because they're all going to be online. That means if someone is in Century Village, they're going to be able to participate just as easily if they were on Mark Chagall Avenue or mm-hmm. on Rand Avenue. So that's we, we're going to be able to get up and going. A lot of times we'd say, oh, we have to wait until April or May till they're back. But now we have a new uh, we have a new platform to do this on, right? No, and and another thing that Coach got and I think you're aware of that is that we have almost a million dollars to be a living lab over the next few years for our seniors, and our seniors are some of the most well connected through technology now. So right. we're going to be using technology in all different types of ways to improve the quality of life in our seniors, and I think they're leaders. They're they're our leaders in terms of the way they're they've been connecting throughout the pandemic and, um, you know, avoiding isolation and ensuring people are involved in activities. So now we're moving to the next step, whether it's consultation through video conferencing or also finding ways for those who are here in in, uh, Montreal to start living our life through COVID, like uh, Dita was saying. You know, I spoke to Dr. Kaiser last week and he said, some of the safest places where you can go are your facilities. Because number one, people are going in there, showing their passport, they're wearing masks, and it's a controlled environment. It's safer than having 10 people over to your house. So people have to start realizing that that our facilities, whether it's our library and our uh, 
uh, recreational facilities are the safest places to spend their time and they have to start enjoying their life in a safe way. These are controlled environments. They're safer than sitting around the table in a restaurant. Go to our ACC, go to our library, enjoy your life. And we're able to do that. So yeah, so we have a combination. We've learned a lot through the pandemic, but we have to learn how to live life on Zoom and off Zoom. Of course, uh, you know, I, uh, me being the, uh, the big health conscious guy, we'll have to see what happens because with the variant, with cases climbing to 1,500 a day, uh, we have to respect everyone's personal choice regarding how safe they feel they'll be. Last, last uh, topic before we go, Adita, you and I share uh, uh, an issue uh, in our districts, and that's the noise from the trains. What can we do about the train noise? Uh, well, we, we actually have accomplished um, a little bit. I wouldn't say a lot, but uh, we've, we've advanced a little bit because due to the organization of the, um, the citizens, um, and our meetings with the, with CP uh, in that corridor that is the Merrimack Bailey corridor, they have um, calmed down the, the 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 noise at night. According to the reaction I'm getting from the residents, they've noticed they've noticed that there's been some calming, but uh, we have to be vigilant because we know that the volume and the traffic and the uh, number of cars and, and everything else is increasing. The, the, the cargo trains are increasing. And um, the future, unless CP gets out of town, which uh, it doesn't look likely right now, uh, is going to have to be some kind of mitigation uh, devices, whether they're sound walls, whether the, they have to go to uh, you know, electric uh, trains. I mean, I, you know, they're going to have to do something to reduce the noise. And we're going to have to keep pushing them to do that. And I, and so I want to keep working with the group. Uh, and one of the ways I wanted to do it is to get the sound monitors installed. Uh, we're trying right now to do that. We're having a little bit of uh, um, some technical difficulties, let's say, but uh, I'm working on it. All right. Well, thank you both. Uh, Mayor Mitchell Brownstein, Deputy Mayor. It's got a great sound to it, Dita Burku. Uh, look forward to working with you the next four years. Thanks a Thank lot, you Mike. very much, Mike. Great having them as my guests.